Just a couple of things before you listen to this podcast. There's some colourful language flying around. The famous Guy Martin is on good form, but uh, it does get a little bit blue from time to time. So if there's any youngsters around, uh, just get some earplugs ready for them. The last thing we want to do is offend anybody. Also, the sound quality is not too good from Guy's side. We called him on his phone and his signal wasn't too good. It actually sounds like he's talking through an oily rag at times. So uh, sorry about that. Please be patient with us. But it's a cracking podcast. Hello and welcome once more to Gas It Out with myself, Gavin Emmett, and him on the other end of uh, crackly and echoey phone line today is uh, Neil Hodgson. Um, we are still in the early days of all this pod chatting business, aren't we, Neil? Slowly <laughs> but surely getting there, but you do sound like you're in a cupboard this morning. You're not happy about that. I mean, I'm in the same position. I'm sat on my bed, my office. Still um, creepy, still creepy. It has I've, been since day one. <laughs> I've got bits of papers spread around. I'm actually, I'm more prepared for this one than normal. I've got to say, because of who we were interviewing, is is um, a little bit more, let's say, complicated than some of our other guests. So uh, I've got, I've actually done a bit of homework. Well, mainly because you need to get on the translator after time, don't you? We are, we are recording this the week after um, the UK went on lockdown. Um, some people are finding it tough. How are you coping with it all now? All right? No, well, we've been quite busy, haven't we? Yeah. Um, especially yesterday doing the live, four-hour live BT programme from home, which was bizarre. You did such a good job, Gav. Um, oh, I appreciate that. It was, I tell you, the weirdest thing. Wasn't it, wasn't it weird? The whole thing? It was weird, but it was hard for you because that was a lot to do. Obviously, there's no auto cue or anything, and you're there with... Uh, Long chunks of monologue, looking at an iPhone, sat in, sat in hey. your, your upstairs office, and, and then you're the, like, actually, you're broadcasting to the world. Then the iPhone ran out of battery. Uh, about Can you two believe that? that before was the right end. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, we sort of knew it was a, a risky thing, but anyway, I mean, I, the weirdest bit about any of that, if you haven't seen Greatest Race, we did on BT Sport. If you've got BT Sport, go and watch it because it's actually. I, I was on the edge of a seat. I've seen all the races. I commentated on half of them. And I was still on the edge of a seat, not knowing what's going to happen. But I interviewed in my little office where I'm speaking to you now, a um, little bit echoey. I interviewed Max Biaggi, Cesar and Okay, Lorenzo. Just surreal. Right, listen, though, right, this is the deal. Moving forward, there's going to be more programmes. You're doing four more programmes. I'm assuming you're going to be interviewing some big hitters, potentially well, Valentino well, Rossi. Well, we're hoping to speak hang to on, Valentino. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. You've got to do a deal then. This is the deal. I want you to interview Rossi in your undies because <laughs> no one's going to know. And then no one's going to know. We'll see you top off. You know, you'll have a whatever on, one of those really tacky shirts and do it in your undies. What, you mean, oh, like a newsreader? Exactly. They're all naked, aren't they? Bottom half. We know that. Oh my God, this is a trip into your mind, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Your mind about Hugh Edwards off of BBC News. That's, with you. That's what you're thinking about, isn't it, all the time? Uh, anyway, guaranteed. I, I hope I hope you enjoyed it. If you watched it, if you didn't, uh, do watch it. You know, it's our our uh, that's our job, really, isn't it? To to put those things. But it was amazing undertaking by everyone putting together. The first time it's ever been done on TV. When I asked about that, I said, "What well, has anyone done this before?" Oh no, this is a proper step into the unknown. I was like. Oh, right, so it's not tried. We are the guinea pigs. It's not tried and tested. Amazing. No, I, th- I think the bit people don't understand is, because I was, I was explaining it to Vic, uh, my girlfriend, 
it looks like we're just doing like your standard, you know, when people throw to, oh, I interviewed Max Biaggi and he's at home. All that's been done many, many, well, for 20 years, 30 years, that sort of thing. The difference is the fact that the whole production team is remote. It's bizarre. So everybody's working from home. There's not, there's not like one big office, not one big control center where everybody's working together. So like literally we're on air, aren't we talking? And then I'm getting a voice WhatsApp message from the executive executive producer ex saying, "Oh, Neil, do this and do that." Like I'm like, "Is this really TV? This this is happening. This is TV. This, this is, is live TV. This is Bitty's Sport One." Yeah. So credit yeah. credit to everyone who, who put all that together. I have to say, and it was fun, wasn't it? Fun watching all the old races. I'll tell you what. Which was your favourite of the four we watched? Properly put a smile on my face. Do you know what? I, I do love Barcelona 2009, and I, I think that's clearly winning in the polls. But I cringe so much because of my commentary, mate. Oh, my God. Uh, it, I, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It's the usual situation. I hate the sound of my voice oh as my well. Oh, my God. So. But I, I, to the... you, got, you, you got excited, didn't you? Yeah, That's I got right. really you, excited. But but I, I, I noticed at the time they kept it in. I apologised on the cool-down lap. Because I did, because I knew I'd got overexcited. But it was just everything that at that time. Yeah. And, and we've got loads more races to come up on that. Anyway, we don't want to talk about that too much because... Um, we've got a, a big guest for you uh, today. I, I've loved everyone we've talked to so far, but this is someone I know who is close to everyone's hearts, everyone in our industry, I'd like to say, but he's sort of taken our industry and he's gone stratospheric, to be honest. Um, he's the most famous lorry mechanic in the world. You may know him as a successful road racer. Uh, it's where most people got to know him, first of all. 17 TT podiums on the Isle of Man, 11 Ulster GP wins, so on and so forth. But since... Closer to the Edge came out. What was that, about 10 years ago now? He was definitely the star attraction of that with his tea-making exploits. Um, and he's embarked on a whole new career now. TV presenter, author, and general doer. And that's how I see him, Neil. Uh, he's a doer, isn't he? He's done programmes about cl Unreal. classic mechanics. He's rebuilt tanks and spitfires. He's broken all these world records. He's a travel guru now. I've loved his travel programmes. India, Russia I particularly liked with a visit to Chernobyl, Japan. He's just got a life that, and I know people always say to us, Neil, I mean, you've been a World Super Bike Champion, tick. Uh, you now still travel the world watching bikes, tick. And you do all these things. But we are jealous of Guy Martin. Uh, the whole motorcycling industry is jealous of Guy Martin. Let, let's be honest. I mean, it is a dream come true. He works closely with the production company North One, and, and it's literally, they sit around and, it's, and, and they ask him, you know, they, they're constantly putting projects to him. Would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? But don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm sure a few of the things they put to him aren't that exciting. But what I love about Guy is he'll go, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> so he, he picks and chooses the, the beautiful, the, the amazing, the unique, uh, challenging things. And when I say challenging, that's the beauty of Guy. He's not scared, is he? I mean, come on. Oh, no. I've seen some... I was about to say I've seen some balls in my time. Thank <laughs> God. I'm going to back. Hello. I think that's called an overshare. Hang on, I'm on, I'm on, a, I'm on the wrong podcast here. Aren't I? That's a different one. Sorry, but I've, I've seen some brave lads in the past. But let's be honest, and you know, there there is no one braver. And I'm going to underline it with this. This is the bit that people do forget. Talented. Yeah. There's no one braver and more talented because he'll risk everything doing bizarre things. I mean, he's got a lot of world records. He's just not scared, is he? And for that alone, he's got my respect. I mean, that Wall of Death one, live. 
That that was one for yeah, me. No thanks. Uh, yeah, we remember we went to Wall of Death in Austin in Texas, and yeah. and it, it all went wrong, didn't it? Yeah, but do you know the beauty of the Wall of Death? This is what's not, so not, funny. No, that. I, I will point so, out it wasn't this, wasn't death. I know it's a Wall of Death. Sorry, I just wanted to get that in. We, um, there was just a crash, and the light the it, lights it could went have been, out. It, yeah, it, it it could have been Wall of Death. But what sums guy up with the Wall of Death is. So it's the world's biggest wall of death. So it's got to go ridiculous speeds, ridiculous G-forces. No one's ever done it. There's a reason no one's done it before, because it's mental, right? But get ready. This is the best bit. The guy's like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it on my bike. So he, he builds this weird bitzer, which I'm going I'm to have to swear, it looked a bag of shit. It just did. And if, if it seizes or if anything goes technically wrong with that motorcycle... It's a, it's well. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's a massive crash, and he's going to be very, very seriously injured. But that's guy. Like I'd have done it on the safest, whatever's you know. Someone, someone just build me a bike that's safe and not nervous and not peaky power, just nice and smooth. Then I'd have built up my speed, done it, and been patted on the bike. But guy did it his way, and that's what made it amazing. Oh dear me! It is, it is absolutely. Yeah, um, it's entertainment, pure entertainment. Right, guy. It? Um, Gav, ask Guy. Gav, get him, get him on the phone because yeah. we said we'd call him at oh, nine. Yeah, and you know what he's, he's like? He's just gone nine, actually. Uh, right. Uh, exactly. Right. Sounds like something's taking off in the background. Hello. Oh, wonderful. How are we sounding? We've we've got you now. I'm sorry if you uh, had to go up the the drive. Can we hear Neil? Can you hear us, Neil? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. And Gat, can you hear? Can you hear him as well? I can hear him best. That's no better. No better at all. We do. We do appreciate. Yeah. So we just myself and Neil are just knocking together while everyone's locked down and that, just trying to keep everyone chipper. I'm all for a bit of that. I'm all for a bit of that, boss. How, how are you dealing with it all, anyway? Am I? Yeah, all the lockdown and stuff. Does that affect you at all? Or have you just got everything you need on site? Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not being locked down because, um, well, to be, to be fair, it's all sort of stopped. You've never been murdered with the trucks. Oh, well, all that job never stops. But, of course. Uh, because I, I work in a sort of powder company, which is all sort of lime, um, ash, cement, it's very building site reliant. And come Monday night when we made his announcement, didn't make any, make any difference Tuesday morning, but then Tuesday night, we had a bloody yard of 50 wagon satellite doing now, and that's it. Today is my first day not in, which couldn't have worked better, really. Um, and, uh, uh... I just wondered whether your daughter, Dottie, whether you'd had to do any homeschooling or anything, but you won't have been if you've still been grafting, so I thought you might have had her in I thought you might have had her in the garage spannering or something. No, she, she was last night and we was this morning. It was out we've just been fastening um, that's why it's, it's been quite handy this coronavirus, because I've been struggling to get a man on the tractor because we're it's take the origin season and because we've been so bloody wet, um, we're probably three weeks behind. Um the potato region, besides the job I've done for years. Um, so it starts, we're setting up this afternoon, we're setting up at dinner time for a Tuesday start with a ridge form. Um, I don't know much about potato. I mean, so we were just scrapping satellite gear for the tractor this morning. So my young one was giving me a hand. So yeah, yeah, we're on, we're on it, mate. We're on it. 
That's that's good to hear. What what? I wonder. Uh, our Nigel and Steve, anyway. They're the best. They're the best. I mean, I'm a bit nervous about Nigel because why is that? Well, he's got that bloody contacts in just through what's going on. We've always, always been nervous, and we said it. We said it from the start, really. And we just he says everything by saying nothing, and there's just so much going on between him and Putin, the Russians. There's so much going on. I don't know what. But this is all something to do with the Russians. I don't know, Nigel and Sarah. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, other than that, um, yeah, he's doing all right. And Steve's not bothered, mate. He just, he just wants his ball. That's all he wants. Oh, all. <laughs> I'm going to say, who's Nigel and Steve? I've no idea who you're talking about here. <laughs> I thought I'd just leave it a little bit cryptic for you, Neil. I'm like... I'm like, who are them? I've never heard of a Nigel and Steve. I'm, I'm, are they your dogs or something then? Obviously. They're my dogs. They've got the two dogs. They've got two Nigel and Steve. So Nigel's a bit of a, a rogue. He's a bit of a rogue player. He's just a sort of spear player. Really. Yeah, strange cat. And Steve, Steve's all right. He's just a dog. He's just a dog, mate. So he's no bother. Steve's he's no just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like hey, Gav. Uh, no, well, we haven't. That's the thing. It's all been cancelled, and we've um, been sat on our well, not sat on our backside. So we did a program yesterday, where we were we were live on on BT, but I was sat in my office. Neil was sat in his front room. Max Biaggi was sat in his front room. Susie was over in front. Do you know what I mean? We had Seti Gibernau on his desk in Spain. And we were doing a pro- program live with them all, interviewing him. It was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> just, just bizarre. Hey, but in a, in a situation like this, you've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? Yeah, you've got, and you've worked, got to do. Didn't it, Gav? It worked really well, believe it or not. All yeah. through Wi-Fi connection, pretty much. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Did you learn anything? He wouldn't have been working in Lincolnshire anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Hey, guy, did you hear that then, Gav? G- Guy said, "Did you learn anything? Do you know what we learned? Something that we that we sort of knew. Basically, we were looking at historic races, like the races between Rossi and Biaggi, or Rossi and Lorenzo, uh, Rossi and Sete Gibinau, Some of the classic races. And what we learned when you interview the ex-riders, they still haven't let it go. We're talking about certain incidents, like the um, the 2004 Welcome Race, which is the one where Rossi won." his first ever race when he switched to Yamaha and beat Biaggi on the last lap. We interviewed Biaggi and Biaggi's story was, well, I didn't know it was the last lap, which we thought was pretty entertaining. <laughs> Basically, as you know better than anyone, riders never let it go because it means so much to you when you're racing at the time. You, obviously, the passion, everything that's involved in it, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, time's not, not a good well, healer. I was never, I was never at the level of you, boss. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we're talking, you're talking a legend, aren't you? Rossi, Biaggi, Gibbonow, like you. You know, like, you boys are legends. You know, the racing world championship, one world championship race. You know, we fucking hell, like me. I was only doing it as a bloody hobby. It was only, you know, it got, it got to a point where it was all right. It was hobby, but I was only ever, it was only ever a hobby. And like, now, I don't know what you're saying. There. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, like, you know, they've never let it rest. But, like, I tell you who texted me last night. I don't know if you've ages. He's on my business. And he's still fucking about. He's still fucking about with Elvans. And I said, what are you doing? You know, I just said, what are you bloody doing, man? You know, I just, I'm always thinking about it. That's why I'm not sort of, sort of oh, I never wanted to. You know, I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm more worried about what I'm going to do rather than what I've done. 
I'm not bothered. Yeah. I'm not bothered. You don't really know about race. But I'm not, you know, no disrespect to I'm just, you know, I'm always thinking about what I'm doing. Like, no, I'm getting busy. You know, BSA, I'm just trying to hold up the cylinders. I'm just trying to replicate the old work squish head with my old triple BSA. And I don't mean bloody how to do so, really, which I'm trying to do. But there's my idea seeing the mile an hour and a mile. Yeah, you know, you know, so I'm just being worried about what I'm doing next, not what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I totally get that. I've, I've often wondered about you, like, because of the road racing, obviously that was your thing. Would you, like, did you ever want to circuit? I know you did some circuit racing and I've heard you say in the past, well, you're just going around in circles. But did you ever, let's say, looking back, would you think, I'd have loved to have a go at world championship racing, have a go at MotoGP? Or is it something like, actually, no, you're not even asked about that. No, no, I wasn't, because I knew I wasn't good enough. I was shit, you know, I was shit, I was shit. I was, you know, I know, um, I, I don't know if this is the general rule for, um, well, I, I believe it's the general rule for most British Championship races, World Superbike races, um, Grand Prix races, you're all failed motocrosses, which is generally the case, isn't it? That is so true. Yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's right, you know, and that's right. And I sort of know when, you know, when the level is. I know when the level is. Right? I was just a pretty, you know, I started a bit of club racing. That's all I was. Because I knew I wasn't good enough at British Championship. And I won. And I thought I was someone that I went road racing. And I enjoyed it. And I started learning a few quiz. And I thought, oh, that's all right. But I was never very good. And it was just, it was just because I didn't give a shit. That's why I was, that's why I did all right at that. Because, you, got, you know, we don't road races. You know, you get it wrong. You're dead, aren't you? You're dead. And I just, I didn't give a shit. So that's why I did all right. Because I didn't give a shit. I remember when you came to um, you came to Austin last year. This is what fascinated me. You came to Texas to the Grand Prix over in the States, and and you spoke to Neil on the grid there. And you were because the tech's what gets you, isn't it? A lot of the tech side of it. And you you felt it was all a bit behind, having done all the things that you've done in Formula One. Yeah, we don't know. It's not. It's not. I think it's a bit behind. It's all that years behind. How about that? It's all that years behind. It's great. But it's just like you. Well, I say like you. It's probably, what, 20 years behind the current technology what's going on. But it's right. I'll pop it up. Oh. Have we lost him? I've lost him as well. It was a boring question, Gav. I think that's what happens when you ask a boring <laughs> question. He said to me, he texted me and said, if Gav asked me any boring questions, <laughs> I'm thinking, up. And I said, honestly, if you knew how many boring questions <clears> I've had to answer from him. I think we've lost a signal. Uh, right, I'll try and get him back. Hello. Oh, hello. How's that going? 
That's uh, that's better again. We lost you. We lost you. Down a hole. I know. Who lost it? I don't know. I don't know. Falling down. Go on, where was we? Uh, We were. We were in Texas, and uh, you were saying bikes are 20 years behind what it is in Formula One, and I was just thinking that, why? Why why are we so far behind? Um, I think, from my point of view, I think the main reason they're behind is because um, it, it's all down to emissions, and because the emissions, oh, that's motorbikes now, Euro 4, well that's, Euro 4 was probably 20 years ago in the foot world, and it's, what goes on in, it down, it down the road, you know, on, on the street, is, you know, that's, that's what leads what happens in the racing world, really, because say, if you say, see you to meet Euro 5 emissions, Criteria that means to do that, you would have to go direct injection. There's no way to do that through port injection, which is what all current racing motorbikes are all port injection, which is just so old school. Right? Mm. And, and to get the you know, like the, the, um, the NOx level bar and CO2 level, you, you'd need to do a direct injection, and then that, that'll take you so far because that'll only get you to a point. And then to go even further, then you need to do a forced induction, you need more air, and a bit more efficient. Um, you, know, to, 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 you know, to get the um. Yeah, it's, it's just not it quite complicated. But, to, yeah, so you'd need to force induction, which is, like, Formula One's been force inducted now since, well, it's six years on now with the V6s. Um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, that's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. There's probably, there's probably not that much desire to do it anyway. Hey, you know, obviously, Guy, I want to know, right, because we've talked about... You've talked about McGuinness before, and you've talked about your Rosses already. But who, because you're a hero on a motorcycle to many, I want to know who's who you've looked at as motorcycle heroes. That fascinates me. Who, do you know what I mean? I know your dad was yeah. a, a racer, that kind of thing. But who, who did you look up to? Oh, don't want to start. Don't want to start standing. It was bloody. Oh, the likes of Chris Mayo and Tony Scott, you know, and then sort of later was John Britton. You know, they're sort of, not, 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 when we talk Chris May and Tom Scott, they weren't really innovative. There was just the way that they built engines. Just, I used to read around in the performance bikes and I said, oh, I got to meet Tony Scott, I got to meet Chris Mayo, and I thought, oh, yeah, it was, yeah, because there was other legends. Well, I was more into building rather than the actual riding. Not on the riding point, it's on the riding I'd say, I don't know what, I mean, everyone's got a different opinion, but I'd just say the greatest motorbikes are the greatest from the world. It's, it's just a legend, I got a chance to meet him at a Le Mans 24 hour. Um, Yeah, because, but that's what Guy says earlier, a lot of, you know, road racers, track racers, have failed motocrossers. And you look at Jean-Michel Bale, who won the 125cc, 250cc World Championships, motocross, went to America, did what no one's done, and won the Supercross Championship, which is so difficult, but then switched to road racing and was really competitive. So I didn't think you were going to mention him, but I can totally understand why you would say that, because... Proper, proper, yeah, proper legend. That's a funny one, actually. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know that you would be a lot of sense, No, exactly. Well, that's why I then expl- tried to explain what he'd done, because people would go, Jean-Michel Bale, I've never really heard of him, but... Mm, so, guys, did you, 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 did you,
something else guy we know you've done guy sorry i know you've done so many different things like you say you mentioned pikes peak i remember watching you on the push bike that like the fastest push bike behind the van behind the van which looked well scary you've done the royal enfield through india obviously we mentioned wall of death you've ridden up ross's ranch what's for you as a motorcycle rider what's been your the pinnacle that you've done you've done something and you've thought i'll tell you what that is that's what riding a motorcycle is about. Good question. Because you've done so much. That's rare for Neil. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what I would, when we said bikes, that the, the, the most the best thing I've ever done out of anything I've ever done ever was oh, that's the tour, that's the tour of that. <laughs> it's a push bike race from Canada to Mexico. I did that about four years four, four year ago. And that's why I saw you, <coughs> that's why I saw you boys last year in oh, right. Austin. Because I was going to Austin to do another race, which was from Mexico up through Arizona, um, through the back camp, finish on the Utah State Line. And I did that last year. That was me. That's what I did last year. And I sort of had a big ride plan this year. Um, yes, I'm all, I think it did so much to me. So I turned my life. Um, Racing the the tour of Ireland, it's such a mark. I'm just trying to replicate that. I'm just because it did so much to me, to me head and body. Just it was just. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, hard to get a word to describe what it did to me. So yeah, I'm just trying to replicate. I mean, I thought I could do that last year with the Arizona Stay away, uh, which is is it, classed as the worst trip of my life. It's not the longest. The longest is is the tour of Ireland from Canada to Mexico. It's like twenty seven. And a half hundred miles, but the Arizona Trail Race, even that part, is only like 800 miles, but it's through the Grand Canyon, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just brutal. And how long, how long does that take? Because you're basically on, you're on your own, aren't you? You've got your own food, you know, and you just, you've, I guess you've got a map. Yeah, that's it. You've, I've just got, got the GPX trail on, 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 the, on the ground, and I'll just get, get cracking and just try and be ready to and just chip in a bit. The Tour of Ice took me 18 days, 7 hours, and the Arizona Trail Race just took me, I think, just under 10 days. Bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, they're both, they're both, they're both bloody good. I was ready for my bed, I'll tell you, at the end of those hours. I was ready for my bed. But yeah, that's on a push bike side of things. But on a motorbike side of things, I don't know. Um, but, in second at Le Mans, that was just a massive thing. Because I was just such a small part of it. I mean, I was only three riders, but I was just such a, it was such a team effort. Really stuck in my mind that I wrote for a French team. I loved it. I loved it. I think second one for that. I can't yeah. see you ago. Um, so I probably can't speak just because it, it caused so much grief. With well, it's, just, and it's a road that's, I mean, it is. It is been so dangerous. I don't know. It's just uh, it is limits, isn't it? Everyone's finding out there. And then you built your own bike to do it. Was that a trust thing? A what? Is it a what? A trust thing, as in, you know, because you do like to do it your own way, don't you? Your own bike, something you've built, something you've put together. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, it's a big, just because, I mean, you know, what we were saying about how old um, or how far behind general motorbike technologies. Well, I like to do my own thing. That's why I'm kind of like trying to do turn them on and on and on. I've got this big 
paper sound database. I'm trying to muck about with that, you know. The turbo sound, I'm just saying, no one else is doing it. I'm doing that way. And Pine's Peak. Um, and there wasn't a turbo motorbike that got to the top of Pine's Peak before I went. And I went there. I didn't know how to go I didn't know Which was, I thought, yeah. And he just, yeah, doing it my way. Doing it my way. But my way does tend to be, um, a, yeah, I, I always say I'm not water. I never take the least path of resistance. I always seem to find the most awkward way of doing things. And, and by doing that, <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot of jealousy between myself and Audrey. We see your programs, and we're like, "Oh, that looks amazing!" Like, look, it just looks like you you can do things in your way. You get to do things that you want to do. People want to watch you doing those things, which I'm, I'm sure is a weird sensation. Anyway, did you ever? I wonder, did you ever see it going like this, <laughs> where you can do what well, you want, I, how I you want? Don't worry, don't worry about it. I do. I do, I do say, I, I do every time I'm in around me, I'm not missing you, man. Because people can see you just—you're not trying. You're not. You're just being you. Right? You're just doing your thing and following your passion. Do you know what? Do you know what the one? Not it wasn't uh, jealousy. I suppose it was. Uh, em, it was this kind of envy. Amazed like. was the was the Chernobyl one, right? Going to Chernobyl, and obviously then the program came out last year, and I, all I was seeing when I was watching that program was you <laughs> at Chernobyl. When I was watching the, 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 the series, did you watch the series last year after having been there? No, I didn't, because I'm not very big on the telly, but I don't right. watch a lot of telly. 
successful motorcycle career mate you did so um, you did that's fact right but when I look at when when I look at it I look at you as being someone who I'd describe as being fearless my question is are you fearless what what's what scared you over the years did the TT scare you at times or maybe doing the wall of death is that scary or do you genuinely not feel the fear because just for example quickly when I did short circuit racing people would say are oh, you crazy? You can get injured, and I never even thought about it. It was never an issue. I was never scared. I never thought I was going to get hurt. Did you feel the same on the roads? And since then, all the let's say crazy stuff you've done, do you, do you not feel it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair question. I just yeah. That's the sort of reason I stopped really at the TT. Is because like the reason I did all that at the start is because I didn't give a shit. You know. Yeah, I could give a shit. I think if I tell myself, so what? I, it, it was something that was worth dying for. But then things, I've done it a few years, and I thought, oh, yeah, it was all right. Um, I found many other things that were worth dying for, and not the, the, the road racing. Yeah. The road racing. Um, so, so no, no. And really, I was, I was probably the last, I've not for about 12 years, 11 or 12 years, right? Um, and for the past, it'd be hard to put a number on it, maybe the past five or six years of me racing the TT, right, I was lying around there, thinking about other things, thinking about what was happening at work, thinking about what I should have in my tea, just thinking about point shit that you shouldn't really be thinking about riding around there, you should be riding around there scared, not scared, or not scared, you should be riding around there with nothing else entering your head, other 
Mm. You know, you yeah. know, because you need to be one hundred percent concept. I was right on that thinking, and also I'm in a work. You know, and, and when you do <laughs> things like that, that's gonna bite you in the ass, right? And I, and I go away with that. And I managed to walk away. I know we'd have a couple of crashes, but the crash I had, I think it was two thousand and ten when we did that film, right? That would just be fine. That would be fine out. So I kept that on the team and then I crashed. The last year I was there with Honda, but that was through a bike pulse, so I can take those. I, I never, it never bit me in the ass through lack of concentration, which is what was going to get me, right? Yeah. And I just thought, that, that, and I was lucky, I was lucky, so I could come away from that. I think that, yeah. Wash my hands, I've walked away, I've, yeah, yeah, I've nothing left to prove to myself. I don't give a monkeys. I don't, you know, it's great, an amazing event, but it's not for me. I've sort of grown out of it. I've grown yeah. out of it. And, and then when shots hit stuff, yeah, obviously that was never going to worry you. But, but what I'm doing now is, Kind of do. Have you, have you ever rode road, um, like a mile bike? Wait, you know what I'm saying? No. No. This is what my I'm just sat looking at it now. I'm in the shed. It's um, the Ayabusa. It's like eight, eight plus power Ayabusa. Right? Um, and I'm trying to be thinking about that. Now that scares me. Right? Yeah. You, you, you've been on nothing like that. I know you've rode on three bikes, right? The fast. But they're not fast. There's fast in this There's nothing, nothing. But people nothing say that between that. 100 and 200 miles an hour. You say that all the time, Neil, don't you? Like, there's people down, don't understand the difference between 150 and 200, and then this going another, another yeah, step the, on the front yeah, of that. What- I always say, actually, up to 200 miles an hour, does it feels no different. 200 miles an hour feels no different from 100 miles an hour to me. But then once you get over 200 miles an hour, everything starts to change, and it's bloody scary. You know, things, things happen quick. You're moving. But yeah, yeah, I've done two seven two. That's what I did about six months ago. I did two seven two at Elkington on this bike. But you're trying to do that in a mile, right? And just trying to control that amount of horsepower. Oh. That amount of torque, that's far enough You're trying to control that amount of torque. Trying to get it to do the tire, get it down to the tire, and just trying to keep thinking it's written and stay alive. It's just, yeah, it's just, that scares me. And that's what I like. That's what I like. Yeah. And this is something, I'm sort of back to where I started from with the road racing, which I didn't give a shit, you know, if I kill myself, because it was something for time for. And then I said, after a few years, I thought, well, no, it's not really, it's just about that. Well, this, like, I mean, the fastest man in the world over a mile. Um, but it's, it's not that, I say the fastest man over a mile, yeah. no one has ever done 300 miles an hour when I sit on motorbike. Like, they haven't seen that motorbike, you know, then, like, there's, there's only a handful of those in the world. Um, yeah. But I don't actually sit on motorbike, no one's ever done 300 miles an hour, and I'm trying to do that in a mile, because it's sort of, it's realistic to do it over here. Um, and, the, and the fastest man, um, over a mile is a bloke called Bill Warren an American but he got killed about four years ago trying to do what I'm trying to do trying to do it in a mile and I just think oh, I don't know people are dying trying to do this and I think that's all worth it you know what I mean because boys dying trying to do what I'm trying to do and it's, you know, it's definitely something worth doing and that's what I'm just trying to that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to bloody hell I mean that scares me just I'm, not, I'm, not being, I'm not being a bloody um, what's the word I'm not I'm not just yeah, it's a Hello. Have we got it again? You still there, I think guy? Think so. Oh, he's disappeared again. Oh, he's... I'm not killed him. Are you back? Can you hear his guy? Go on, go on. Oh, yeah, we just, we just, you just dropped out there a second, actually. Yeah, basically, guy, you were saying you're not trying to be a hero, but this it means a lot to you. This is your guess. It's your passion. Of course, it's just the time. It's just it's the time to do. It's not going around in circles. It's time to do something that's not been done before. Which is, yeah. and, and it's probably as much of a science experiment as it, as it is a riding experiment. So, do you, is yeah, that like being, like being an explorer? You know, like like all these um, 
you know, people who used to go off and find Christopher Columbus's that sort of thing. Adventurous, or is that how you see yourself? Yeah, but no, I don't see myself like living Christopher Columbus. No, but you know what but I mean. I just, yeah, I mean it's, it's a bit sort of. I'm not seeing myself as a pioneer, you know, but I'm trying to do something. It's not being done. I'm not just trying to go around the track. I'm just trying to push the boundaries in other ways, which is like engine technology and electronic technology, trying to adapt car systems to work with a motorbike system, which is because you can't get a motorbike system to do what we're trying to do because motorbikes don't do that. You know, don't do this sort of thing. So we're having to adapt car systems to operate this engine in the way that we need to and get control. It's hard to control that we need to get to do what we want to do. What, 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 when you did um, the, the Bonneville thing, the, the streamliner, what speeds was that when you were doing it on the salt flats and things? Yeah, well, I, was, I think, well, I, I am still, that's still the world's fastest track, which is a, a bit disappointing, really, because the amount of money that traffic took at that, you've only done 274. 274. Hello? Have I lost you, Neil, as well? No, I'm here, Gav. Has it dropped out for you? Yes. No, it's gone again, hasn't it? It came back last time, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, gone. He's probably still talking, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you wouldn't know, but you wouldn't know, would you? Um, so, we have lost him again. And um, he's got a call, so we can't, we're not going to call him back anymore. Um, but, I mean, first of all, sorry for the sound quality. You have to understand that uh, he's in deepest, darkest Lincolnshire. And it was on a phone call, wasn't it, rather than a, a, a Wi-Fi connection or anything. So I hope you made it out. Could you hear everything all right, Neil? Yeah, I could hear everything. It did sound like he, he was talking through an oily rag. <laughs> uh, quite a few times but um, I could still make out everything he was saying and oh my god he just doesn't disappoint does he, no. he, he guy is guy you'll always get guy you don't get a PR um, you know, savvy try and say the right things he tells you exactly what he's thinking and he's what? he's such a unique character what about Jean-Michel Bale what, what a plug hey. of that one we were, we were talking about before weren't we uh, last been... night we talked about it didn't yeah. we who, who do you reckon he'd pick? And I was thinking it might be someone like, I don't know. A, I, well, I thought he'd say, a, you know, a couple of journeymen road races or something like that. But, and I know he mentioned a couple of, of uh, road races, but pick out Jean-Michel Bale was someone I would not have even dreamt of. No, not in a million years. But I, I didn't realise that he was, um, you know, he had, he had a passion for motocross as well, off-roading. Off but... Anybody from that that era, from the sort of that's late eighties, early nineties, anyone that was into motocross, Jean Michel was God. Yeah. He was the most talented guy you've ever seen on two wheels. He literally did everything. So he didn't win a he didn't win a Grand Prix when he when he started riding on tarmac, but he had a few pole positions if I remember, and I think he had a podium. So on the WCM on the on the Yamaha was it on the Red Bull? Well, he rode he rode two fifty Grand Prix for a while. He rode. Factory Aprilias, he, he yeah. was fully Chesterfield aprilia yeah. up at one stage, back when they were the bike to be on, and then he r rode uh, for Yamaha in uh, 500 cc's, rode yeah. for Kenny Roberts, so oh, yeah, yeah he, he was well, didn't he for Kenny, yeah, he, he just had a very funny style which you'd expect him to have because he's a motocross rider, a little bit like my style was always a bit awkward because I was a motocross rider, so it, it was funny when you watched him ride, he, and he was he was a bit too tall really, Jean Michel Bell, but. Uh, 
Yeah, that was a that was one out of the hat from from Guy. We didn't expect that. He, he what I like is he knows he's lucky, doesn't he? Yeah, I was surprised at that actually. Because and I don't want that, that that to sound like I know he's he's never been arrogant or rude or, but I don't know. I've just some of the things he said surprised me, and that was one of them. That he, he genuinely does realise that he's sort of lucky that he's got the best job in the world. But also, I've heard him say about racing before, and it, I think what what's interesting it sort of shows that we we, we talked. I use the word scared. What scares you? And it's like the TT stopped scaring him. Actually, the reason he stopped doing the TT was the fact that he'd lost interest and his mind was starting to wander. And he, he, it's almost like he wasn't prepared to lose his life because of lack of concentration. He was prepared to lose his life um, on a mission with, you know, a goal to achieve something, pushing him to the maximum. And it sounds like that's what know. he's doing now with that Hayabusa. That I'm scared about that. That doesn't sound yeah. good to me. Well, I don't like that's got me worried. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's what we've said that before. We were a bit worried. I remember when he was racing a couple of times on his road racing. It's a bit like, and and it's the right decision, isn't it? Because you have to be into, you have to, your heart has to be in it. You have to be doing it yeah. for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, he he was because he wasn't doing it for the money. He wasn't doing it for the fame. He actually, we didn't, we didn't. There were so many questions we had for him. Unfortunately, we couldn't get through to him. He hates the fame. You know, he's good with people, yes, but he doesn't like the attention at all. He's, no. And that's why he loves these bizarre bicycle races he does, where he's, it's him on a bike with a rucksack, with a bit of food <laughs> and a GPS. Well, that's and, it. When he said GPS, I was, and you said, have you got a map? I'm thinking you. Yeah. I'm thinking of you there with your ordnance survey out, yeah. um, unfolding it. Yeah, unfolding <laughs> which, it. Which folder yeah, and then folding it back up badly. <laughs> yeah, scratch it. Scratching my head, going, oh, shit, I have no idea where I am now. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's Guy, that's why he doesn't like that attention, does he? He wants no, to be no. alone. Do you know, the best thing, I, I can't remember what it's called, but his book, his first autobiography, if you've not read it, I recommend it to anybody. Because for me, it summed Guy up, because I didn't understand him up until that point. I actually thought this was all a gimmick. I thought it was a joke. I thought, oh, I'm just a truck mechanic and I like working on my trucks. I'm like, eh, I'm not buying that because I know he's earning a lot of money through TV. But actually, when you read his book, you get to understand him. And that is the man. The yeah, man is, that, he was that. up this morning at five o'clock and he's, he wants to work on trucks. And that makes him happy. And that for that, I just think that's brilliant. Yeah, I think it was my autobiography, wasn't it? Or something like that. I remember it with his face on the front of it. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Someone there, uh, but he, he does then have the leisure and the ability to do what he likes, and I'm, uh, I'm well, not glad, but I'm pleased for him that he appreciates it, and uh, yeah, that yeah. he seems to have everything. I I just worry. <laughs> I just yeah, worry. I, I do now about the the the, the mile thing. It I mean, I'm worried about the wall of death thing. I mean, it's called the wall of death for a reason, and and all these uh, the higher boot, the, not the higher boot, the, the um, salt flats, the the land speed records, no kind of thing. I yeah. remember JT. Do you remember? JT, uh, James Toslin was talking about doing that at one point, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I still think he is. So I, th- I don't think that's It's just that's it keeps getting gone. shelved, doesn't it? Max Biaggi's doing one, you know. Is he? Yeah, but obviously with all this, he was supposed to be doing it this summer. He was supposed to be doing a, uh, something over on the Salt Flats in July, and it's been put off. But I get it. I get it. I, I can totally relate to that. Do, do X racers, obviously I'm one, do you miss racing? Do you know what? Actually, I don't miss racing that much. But I miss that, the, the 
incredible adrenaline. Adrenaline, that you can yeah. Only, yeah, that you can only you can only get that release of adrenaline when you do something that is well out of your comfort zone. So with James Tolls, when you, you mentioned Max Piaget, I didn't realise that. Obviously, guy doing the sort of things he does. I get it. I get it. And we're good friends with James Tosland. And you, you know, he misses it more than me. Yeah, he does. He does. You know, he, James is like, I tell you what, and he's honest and open. We'll get him on the podcast. That we, be, he'll be it would be. It'd be great, him. actually, yeah. And we'll talk about that. But JT, he's like, yeah, it's life's not that easy without um, having that release of adrenaline. And it, I, I think like something that. in there, there's something in there for me, from the outside, I'm talking from a, a journalistic reporting kind of view that that it's almost if you when you decide you've got you've got to make that decision. We talk about it with sportsmen that you've got to be in charge of your destiny, in charge of yep, yeah, I'm going to stop rather than with JT. I think it was always my injury stopped me, and I think with some people it fe- it felt like that for them, and th- and it means it's unfinished business. And I know your injury stopped you. But you also felt like you stopped on your terms. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. The the party was over basically. They the <laughs> turned the lights off. The music had stopped, and I was still doing this weird dad dance at the end. And it's like Neil, you're sort of done. <laughs> what a you, brilliant explanation. Yeah, the good days have gone, mate. And I'm like, no, but look, I've got this. I can just. I'll just spin on my knees, as you know. And it's like, just go on. So <laughs> do a slide across the floor like a five year old. <laughs> On one last slide, one last knee slide. It was the worst knee slide because they gripped and I nose planted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at that point, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll get me coat. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Brilliant. Well, I'm I'm pleased that we've uh, we've had Guy. Um, I reckon we're gonna have to do one where we can actually hear him. Yeah. What we'll do, we'll we'll hopefully, that. when I think what we'll do is, I think the best way to deal with Guy is when the uh, when they lift the the travel ban. Let's let's drive over to Lincoln. I've never been to his place. I'm sure he won't mind. We'll pop round. We'll have a few cups of tea with him and uh, we'll get some good stories. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, right, so I think we uh, better call it there. I'm going to have so much fun editing that. Uh, if, you've got, <laughs> if you've got to this point uh, of the podcast, we do uh, appreciate you um, sending in your messages and what have you. On Twitter, I'm at Gavin Emmett. Neil's at Neil Hodgson 100. Uh, yeah. And... Yeah, leave us a nice, not a nice comment, leave us a good rating on, on Apple, <laughs> and which has actually done all right. Although someone said, ditch the intro music. I will point out to that person, right, I composed that with my own fair hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I, felt, I felt insulted. I felt insulted, Neil. Uh, what have you got lined up next? What's coming up for you this week? Nothing steady week, obviously, because I'm, I'm I've, I've run out of things to paint. Uh, Victoria, my girlfriend, she works on home anyway, so she's going to get painted in a minute. I've got some. I like everything grey, so she's going to get a full undercoat and maybe a nice gloss finish. Oh, she's terrible. She's getting an undercoat and a gloss. <laughs> Look, we... just stop talking, Neil. It's one of them, isn't it? Just, I'm, I'm absolutely baffled. Uh, right. <sighs> Uh, well, you uh, have a have a good week. I think we've we're going to be watching go. watching some old races again, uh, which I, I look forward to. I, I didn't think I'd enjoy looking back as much as I did, but that's what this time uh, that we've all got at home. Um, I know a lot of people are working from home, that kind of thing. A lot of people are working very hard, my girlfriend including, who gets to go back to work this week after uh, uh, symptoms, uh, but. There's a lot more time for reflection, and I think looking at the past is a kind of comfort blanket, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'll don't, be doing don't, plenty don't, of that. Yeah, don't go back to 2003 again. 
<laughs> did I tell you? Did I tell you? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, right, mate. Good to speak to you. And All right, uh, catch up with everyone very soon indeed. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. sound like it was one maybe two calls with a little drop in the middle but we did try and call him so many times um, and we recorded all of it so coming up there's a little bit of bonus content for you i will warn you it goes on for a fair while but there is some funny stuff in there thanks for listening whatever you know Someone, someone just build me a bike that's safe and not nervous and not peaky power, just nice and smooth. Then I'd have built up my speed, done it, and been patted on the bike. But Guy did it his way, and that's what made it amazing. Oh, dear me. It is, it is absolutely, yeah. He's entertainment. Pure entertainment, right, Guy, isn't he? Um, Gav, ask Guy. Gav, get him, get him on the phone, because we said we'd yeah. call him at nine. Oh, yeah. You know what he's like? He's just gone nine, actually. Uh, right. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. I haven't got his number. You've got it. You haven't sent oh, me it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a calamity. It's a disaster. Well organised. Quick. I'll send you his number. Hang on. I'll send you his number. Oh, this, brilliant. Is, this, is, this is actually happening. This is actually happening. Um, this, is, this is live podcast at its best. Guy I mean, Martin. It, yeah. Live recorded. Amazing. Um, send yeah, it. Whatever yeah, you... I live mean, recorded. Whatever. Anytime today. Gav. Oh, hang on, I've just put it on Twitter instead. Were you joking? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny, wouldn't it? That would have been brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Guy Martin's number on Twitter. He'd be like, hey, why, 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 why are all these people calling me? <laughs> right, there you go. I've WhatsApped it to you, Gav. You haven't come through yet. Just done it now. Oh, wait up. here we go. Here's where it all... Oh, there we are. Oh, that's an interesting number, isn't it? It's just a normal phone number. It is just a normal phone number. Uh, right, yeah. so I need to go and I need to add him into our call. I'm so looking forward to this. Oh, God. I'm, uh... I'm Will he answer? I'm calling. Oh, is he going to answer? Come on, guy. Pick up the phone. I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> Come on. I feel like we're on. He's uh, so not good. Going live. He's so not going to answer. He's so not going to answer. Ah, I said nine o'clock. And <laughs> it's one minute past. Come on. Unable to add participant. Number unavailable. I don't believe it. Do you want? I'm going <sighs> to go good again. Start. <sighs> Here we go. Do you know me? I always, uh, I never get stressed, but this is at one time. I'm actually, I'm going to do, because I think you've got to do, plus, oh no, plus, I'm, apparently I'm calling a number in Russia. Oh, <laughs> this is Art, slightly embarrassing. Mr. Emmert, right. you want a special massage. What? What accent? <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. This guy I keep calling, that's what he sounds like. What? The weird thing is it doesn't do a ringtone. Right. So I can't tell if it's uh, anything like that. If it's, it says it's calling anyway on my right. screen. Unavailable. It's unavailable. 
So I'll, yeah, I'll WhatsApp him now and just say that, we, that's we're trying me. to. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll WhatsApp him now. Does he get back quite quickly? I'm quite interested in that. You know, when you some people like I'm not very good at getting back straight away because I'll see something and I'll think oh, I'm just doing something else. I, I don't know. My brain can't work on two levels almost. But is he good at getting back yeah. straight away? Well, the fastest response I've had off him so far was about 20 hours. Right, I was going to say, I, he, I didn't think he would be. He averages probably about a day and a half. And he'll, repl- he'll reply to me, so I reply to him like within 30 seconds. Like He'll say, yeah, Monday's fine. So I say, what time works best for you? Then 28 hours later, <laughs> he sent me that text, which I, did, I sent on to you. He, he said betw- basically between 4 and 11. And I thought, oh, that's all right, fair enough. In the afternoon, that, we can do that. To, Afternoon or evening, and then it said in the morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> Between, and then I, I sent it to Gav, to you, didn't I? And I went, of course. That's but that sums guy up. It's yeah. just different. Everything's guy's way. Yeah, I did get up at four o'clock this morning. Actually, I did. Uh... Well, Gav, especially with the clocks so, going forwards. So I'll try him again. He's not. He's not. He's not read my message, but he's yeah. been online at eight fifty. Oh right, so. okay going well this maybe he's and on another call or something he could be yeah is that, is that just wishful that thinking he's got <laughs> we've just been ignored we also know he's got a call planned actually with the production company at 10 o'clock this morning because we've been told we've just got an hour with him man in demand man in demand it would have been uh, it'd have been easier trying to set up a call with Donald Trump is that right We've organised that. Is he coming on next? He's, he yeah. is next. He's a massive motorcycle fan. Yeah, he says motorcycles yeah. are the best and he's great on it. Apparently, yeah. he's... Uh, they are the best. He's the, the best on a motorcycle. I, I know, yeah, I know more than anybody else about bikes. don't is, know what accent that was, but... It's any more like Prince Charles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, after John McPhee's <laughs> Irish-Scottish that you came out with um, yesterday. Hang on. Auburn. Oh, I'm, don't. Don't get me started. The Auburn's gone down well. So we've, we've now got three versions of Auburn. If you've not listened to our John McPhee podcast, please go back and listen to it. That was the last one we did. John's a really good friend of mine and Gab's, but um, there's a few funny stories in, in there. And the best one, I reckon, is how you pronounce his hometown of Auburn. Um, we got um, a text off his, uh, or a tweet off his uh, mechanic, uh, Stephen Bradley, Steve, who uh, said he didn't realise you had such a man crush. On John. Did he not? Yeah. No, well, there you go. No, oh, we, well, we've both always been massive fans, haven't we? Yeah. So I try the number again, direct. Yeah, give it a go. Obviously, he's not replied to my um, tweet. Hang on, hang on, oh, no, hang on. He's typing. Oh. What's he say? Will you stop pestering me, <laughs> you absolute freak? Yeah. I don't think he liked the topless shots I sent him. <laughs> Fully oiled up. You know. On your on your red sex sofa that you had on uh, BT yesterday. Look, I've had some shit about that. <laughs> Listen, okay, right. When I bought the house, the guy actually said to me, I'll leave a few bits for you if you want. Do you want to buy them off me? And it just fit. It was like, it's like up, upstairs in the landing. So I just Who thought, has a sofa you know on the landing? Right. Who has a sofa on the landing? Well, it's like a, a strange... I live in an old barn and it's a funny shape. Right. So, it's one of I'll them. I'll let you off. It's one of I'll them. I'll let you off. 
but yeah, it's like a it's like an orange leather sex sofa. <laughs> I tell you, those walls could talk. Oh, oh. yeah, you won't be right. You won't want to know. Put me right off now. I'm not going to be able yeah. to do that program with you ever again. Um, what what so what do we do now? Do Gal? I try him I again? Don't know what to do? I'll try him again. Yeah, try him again. Um, we will. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, we were warned. Oh, when, actually, um, do you know what the, the the first call did go? So both of them have been unavailable. Right. So we've actually we right. have called him twice. The first one did. Yeah. You know, like I thought I messed it up, and I started calling Russia. We, we were warned off a very good friend of ours, James Woodruff, who works with him on a daily basis. I think his words were, "Just be prepared; he can be a bit unreliable." And that, that's sort of why we've not put it out there beforehand, going, oh, we're going to interview Guy Martin, because um, it, it's, it's far from a given. We still might get him, you never know. Gav's gone quiet, which is making him yeah, more Yeah, am I pressing add, yeah? I'll, draw, I'll go again. Go again. Yeah. In the meantime, we've got some really, really interesting guests lined up. We're thinking of, we're going to, Delve into the MotoGP riders. Obviously, they're pretty quiet at the moment. Not a lot going on. Oh, oh hang on. Oh, I can hear a ring. It, it worked. Hello? Now, boss. Now, boy, all right? Here he is. Here he is. Uh, good morning, Guy. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, boss. I'm very well, thank you. It's Gav here, and uh, you might be able to hear Neil Hodgson somewhere. And he sounds a bit echoey this morning. Hey, w- Guy, we were panicking. We tried you about three times, and I'm like, oh, my God. He stood us up here. No, no, no. Now, what's this? Is this on, um, like, a Wi-Fi connection? Or is it on a phone signal? Uh, so, I'm on... We're, we're on Skype, but I've called you on your phone from Skype. It, right. Okay. I, I, how's that, I'm not sure how that works. Because if it is on phone signal, I've got shit reception there. Well... Do so I need to just drive up the road? Well, we can hear you. Can you? Yeah, that sounds okay. Right, right, right. I thought if you've still got getting hold of me, that's because it's been ringing uh, on off the back of the phone signal and there's this fuck our phone signal down. So all I do is drive half a mile up the road and I, I'm in. I've got it in my van now. <laughs> am I better? Am I better off doing that? What do you reckon, Gav? I, I, for me, it's not, it's not great. It's not like crystal clear or anything like that. But I won't want you to have to drive this parky out, innit? Look at that man, oh, Jesus Christ, I was out of bloody half-five. Oh, no, I'm really bad. Let me drive up the road. That's going to be a better All job. All right. That'll be a All right, job. okay. So, how long does it take you? Two, two minutes. minutes. Give me two minutes and give All me a right, we'll back. do. All right, right. sounds good. We'll, we'll do. do. Cheers. 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 I think it's just me and you now, Neil. Right. Good start, Gav. <laughs> yeah. Great start. I mean... If Great it's better start. up the road, it's better, isn't it? Yeah. I'm pleased he's actually he's, he's going to go up the road for us. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm glad we put the, 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 the small disclaimer about language. <laughs> 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 there might be, there just might be, the odd swear word slips out. Look, we really apologise. Oh, so far, guys, I think what, what we're on, we're on about a 30% ratio of swear words <laughs> to normal words. <laughs> And, oh God, I love it! Uh, it's a family. It's a family it. show. Is it? I don't know. 
If you listen to this podcast, please make so, sure it's well, after 9 p.m. Yeah, my God. Oh, uh, that's laugh, funny. That is funny. Hi, boss. Like, yeah. I've got you not to. I love it though when you not to get a cheap. When you're like, hey, it's a bit porky out. <laughs> it's like you're just trying to provoke him, aren't you? <laughs> porky, porky. You've seen not like him. I'm in my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> now that wasn't a bad accent. My guy Martin accent's all right. Actually, he's not far off yours, perhaps. I know. I know Shut he's up. the wrong side of the Pennines for you, like. But. Completely wrong side of the Pen- Pennines. I'm much further west. Yeah, and you're banging the middle, guys. Well, up north, bit bit more northerly than you two southerners. Yeah, southern, southerners, bloody hell. On, on the way there, he got stopped by the local farmer, and he's now on his, <laughs> he's, he's on his back underneath a tractor trying to work out where this oil's <laughs> leaking from. <laughs> it says that we've got him, but I can't hear him. Can you? No. That's strange. Hello. He says that he's on the call. Um, Guy, if you right. can hear us, we can't hear you, unfortunately. Going up the road worked. He might not have got there yet. I know, it's dropped out. Right. Oh, no. I'll tell you what, it's going well there, Scav. Well, we are new to all this, aren't we? Well, we were told it would be challenging with Mr Martin... Uh, we, I mean, we could have just kept it as it was, but it was a struggle, wasn't it, to hear? The problem is, once we got really into it, then, you know, getting short answers off him that were clear, that was okay, but we want some stories, don't we? So um, we don't want it breaking up then. Then it's a waste of time, isn't it? What's up? <coughs> Shall I try again? Why not? Uh, give it another go. It rang last time, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it's supposed to be ringing, but it, it hasn't even rung this time, has it? No. Oh, no. Okay. How annoying. I bet we're winding him up now and all. Right, calling again. Sounds like something's taking off in the background. Hello? Oh, wonderful. How are we sounding? We've, we've got you now. I'm sorry you uh, had to go up the... The drive. Can you hear me? Or are you-